have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. I've had my uh, drive paved, and uh, the, it seemed like it didn't bond, and I thought that you'd be the one to call and ask uh, what I should do about it now before I have it paved again. Ken Patterson is a Class A licensed contractor, and now Ken the Contractor brings his years of experience to the radio. But more often than not, when we see something not bonding, it's uh, an issue in the preparation. Either it was too cool when it was laid, or the preparation wasn't quite right for it to bond like it should. But what you're describing to me is something that I don't see very often, just having a driveway come up in large clumps. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? Call Ken the Contractor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another hour with Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is right here, ready to answer questions about your home inside or out and deal with the issues that are important to today's homeowner. If you'd like to join us, you can always be part of the program and reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. I'm Jim Britt along with Ken the Contractor, Ken Patterson, and also you can be part of the show by emailing us questions. Ken's website is kenthecontractor.com. Now, throughout the year, we deal with constant weather issues no matter where you're listening or where you live or where you travel. We're dealing with snow events in the winter, hurricanes in the summer, tornadoes in the spring, flood, spring, winter. It really doesn't make any difference. But frequently, we don't think about some items that are very important that could help us get through all of these things that we are faced with that can come to our doorstep at the spur of the moment without a whole lot of notice and without a whole lot of prep. One of the things that I want you to take note of today, and when we get off the air here, I want you to go open that drawer if you can even find it, and I want you to pull out your homeowner's insurance policy. And I want you to take a look at that and see what it actually covers, because so many of us bought home insurance one, two, three, five years ago, we really don't remember what the coverage is. And perhaps the way we live in our home, the items that we have in our home, maybe we put an addition on our home in the meantime, is different than the way it was when we bought that policy. For those of you that live in any area that could be affected by hurricanes, something that you probably don't realize, but most insurance companies and vast majority of states will stop writing insurance for homeowners coverage 24 to 48 hours before any event could likely affect your area. And that's obviously to keep people from running down 9 a.m. in the morning if you've got the center of a storm that's supposed to be there at 5 in the afternoon. But they will stop riding, and it may vary in other states where it could be two and three days away just because there is a particular hurricane that's in the Gulf and the Atlantic and the Pacific Coast that could impact. If it's anywhere in the track of that storm, they may stop riding insurance. And you're saying, you know, I forgot to renew my insurance. I need to go make this happen. And all of a sudden you find there's no way to make it happen. Be sure that you have coverage. Be sure that it's in place. Then I want you to take a special look at some things that are unusual in certain markets today that you may not be covered for. You're saying, well, I've got a hurricane or I've got a particular uh, a thunderstorm system that comes through. We've got high wind damage. We've got water damage. No problem. I do have insurance. You may find that you needed a separate rider on that policy to cover storm damage from wind and or from rain or to extend those limits to equal the value of your home or potential damage that you could have. Get with your insurance agent. I am not an insurance agent. I'm giving you basic advice as a builder and as a homeowner on things that we need to be prepared for that so many of us overlook because that policy sits in the drawer, you pay the premium when it comes, or maybe you forget about paying the premium saying, 
Nothing going to happen to me. I don't have an issue with it. So this could be a big problem. Check your insurance and be sure that you're aware of what your coverage is. And if you need some of those special riders, make that happen. But let's talk a moment about some things that we can do that help us be prepared outside the ordinary items that the American Red Cross would publish. For those of you that are prone to damage by hurricane, whether it's high water, winds, it doesn't matter. Let's talk about some items around the house. Periodically. And again, we don't do this until we start having to put the waders on because we got a problem in our basement. We need to be checking the sump pumps in our basements. We need to be checking the foundation drains. If you have a, a gravity drain on the outside, to be sure it hasn't silted in, that water can escape. Because when we have these rain events, it could be from something non-tropical as well as tropical, but the ground just becomes saturated. That water table rises. And if the water cannot be relieved from around that basement, you're going to have an indoor swimming pool you had not anticipated. So keep those foundation drains open. If you can't see them, then the water can't get out in most cases. So find them and check that out. Check your sump pumps. Now, a lot of you say, why am I going to check the sump pump? If I have a storm event, the power is usually out uh, and it's not going to work. Well, it's because I'm going to encourage you, one, you want to check the pumps because you may not have a catastrophic event, and if the power is still there and the sump pump doesn't work, you've got that flooded basement again. Also, for those of you that are more prone to floods, I want to encourage you to look at a battery backup system for your basement sumps. And the time to do it is not when you have a storm, but think about it right now. These will typically run you anywhere from about 150 to about $300. There are kits available for existing pumps, and you can buy them as a backup pump as well. A great investment in terms of saving huge dollars when it comes to damage for flooded basements, especially if you have an area that's completely finished out. Also, I want you to look at the outside of your house periodically, and I want you to be tightening up those things that appear to be loose. If you've got gutter that has a strap that's loose on it, you've got downspout that needs to be restrapped, you've got a chimney cap that you're saying, you know, I've put that off for the last several months. I really need to get up there and tighten some of the fasteners that holds that onto the flue liner. Now's a good time to do that before you have a storm because flying debris, even from summer thunderstorms, folks, causes a great deal of damage to your property and to others. So a little bit of preventative maintenance goes a long way, not just checking your insurance, but some very simple items that will cost most of us no money to do. It's tightening a screw, adjusting a bolt, maybe buying a strap to secure something properly. Also take a good look around as far as flashing around your chimneys and other elements of your roof because in these blowing rains, while it may not blow out windows, you may not have severe damage. The fact that you have wind-driven rain can create other damage. If you've got loose shingles, get a roofer to replace those now if you can't do it yourself. If you have flashing that hasn't been maintained, perhaps where there's a step in the wall or adjacent to the chimney or even plumbing stacks that need to be reflashed where vents go through your roof, simple little items right now that could cost you $25, $10 for material, a little bit of your time will save Big issues from having drywall and plaster ceilings come down over your head and have all kinds of moisture inside the woodwork. So pay attention to those areas. Also, another simple one that many of the gardening folks would remind us of, we need to do this for the benefit of our trees and shrubs. If you've got limbs that are overhanging the house, you want to get rid of those at certain times of the year. This may not be the best time. You really should do that with some trees other times of the year. But talk to your gardening folks. Put it in a cycle so you maintain that. 
If you've got dead limbs, by all means, you want to get those out. If the tree's too big for you to manage, you need to get an arborist out or somebody that can cope with that because that causes a huge amount of damage. And don't be surprised if you don't get a notice from your power company that they're going to be doing that right now because this is the time of the year on not so much hurricanes but some of these severe thunderstorms where it can take down power lines and people can be without power for days. Yeah, and that's a bigger issue for the power companies, I think, in most of our listing areas, just these severe storms from the spring and the summer that come with these. The thunderstorms, not all about hurricanes and the extensive winds that come with those. But these are things that we can do around our own homes that can save us big dollars and eliminate a problem. And if we can spend a, a Saturday afternoon doing a few of these and we've saved weeks of problems and a major expense, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The other thing I want you to be sure you have at least is a plan for all your outdoor items, if you've got severe storms announced, you want to get those the patio furniture, items that can blow around in the yard. It's not just about a hurricane, but you want to have those stored somewhere in a utility room or, if necessary, a mini-storage garage or basement. There you go. Coming up in 30 minutes on this week's edition of Ken the Contractor with Ken Patterson, our app of the week will be something that, if you're planning to change your flooring, will be exceedingly helpful. If you've got a big flooring project coming up, you want to listen for that. Coming up 15 minutes from now in our Universal Living segment, Ken will tell you about radiant barrier foil panels. They could keep your house cooler this summer. That's coming up this hour with Ken the Contractor. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. He's here to help you deal with the issues that are important to today's homeowner or just deal with those little nagging problems that you want taken care of once and for all the right way. Ken will help you do that. You can reach us at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Joining us on the program right now is Maureen from Pennsylvania. Hi, Maureen. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Hello. Hi there. Hi, Ken. We appreciate you joining us today. How can we help? Uh, Ken, I live in a house that's probably about um, uh, maybe 60 to 70 years old, and it has the original toilet, and you know it takes like probably five gallons of water for a flush. That's right. And I'm wondering if there's anything um, that I can do to retrofit the existing toilet uh, so I can keep it because my cousin told me that if I sold this toilet on eBay, I could probably get $250 for it. But it's not doing me any good by, you know, consuming so much water. Well, first, your cousin's probably right because there are a lot of people that are refurbishing older properties that want that real authentic toilet. Now, in many states, homeowners can actually repurpose or reinstall those, but a lot of contractors can't because it violates current ordinances and building codes by putting in non-energy efficient or water efficient uh, toilets. But what homeowners can do and what license holders can do in a lot of states are different uh, altogether. But let's talk for a moment about it. You you want to keep it, I'm assuming, in part because it's the same age as the home. It's part of the decor. It's part of the style of the home. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. But at five gallons of flush, and you're about right, the older ones took up about five gallons of water, and today we're less than two uh, that's a huge difference. You do have some options with that. I wish I could tell you that they would be perfect. They're not. But I'm going to give you three things for you to consider. And okay. first off, these are things you have probably heard from other people. Some would call them a displacement device. You've heard people say, well, I put brick in the toilet tank or I've set a jug full of water in the toilet tank. These yeah. these will have a positive effect but the, because they just displace water. That's all they're doing. They reduce the volume. And maybe from, depending on what you put in there, you may take it from 5 gallons down to 4, 4.2 gallons. It's not huge, but there is still a savings. 
The problem with some of those is it has a negative impact on the workings depending on the internal uh, lines, the chain and so forth, the mechanism in the toilet tank. It can create a problem, and you've got to monitor that from time to time. But it will save some water. It's very inexpensive and quick to deal with. Another one is what's referred to as a uh, a displacement dam or a reservoir, and you may have seen some of these. They simply go around the the hole in the tank that where the water goes back into the bowl. They are generally plastic. They sit inside there, and it only allows the water within this plastic container to flow into from the tank into the bowl itself. The problem okay. the problem with those again is that they're not designed for every single style. So if you go out and buy one, what you're looking for, again, some would call a, a, a displacement dam. And I think okay. they're, mar- they're marketed that way. Okay. And you're going to find that it may not fit your particular toilet. So I would be okay. careful about it. If you buy one, bring it home, look at it, check the papers on it before you tear into it, and be sure it's going to fit. If not, take it back and get your money back for it. Another item that is quite easy to deal with and offers you with a little bit of adjustment, still fairly inexpensive, is called a, it's an early, it's a flapper, and all of them have them in there, but this was one that's designed to close quicker than most, based on the buoyancy of it and uh, how much water it takes to raise it up. And it does have adjustments, so you can re- reduce the amount of water that comes out of the tank. So if the tank holds five gallons, the flapper may actually close or seal when only three gallons of water has come from that tank. And so that is the ball flapper that's in there, and it's, it would be referred to, again, some. I don't know if it's marketed under this name, but you want to ask your hardware folks for it as, as a, a, an early closed flapper system. And, again, okay. it has to do with the weight and how it's designed so that it doesn't stay. Uh, it will come down sooner based on the volume of water. Those are, okay. th- those are three items you can do in there. The You're going to find that all of them you have to pay a little bit of attention to. You're going to find that they will allow you to be a little more efficient with your water. But even if you cut it by 25% over the course of the year, you've saved a fair amount. And if you're you're on city water, is that correct? Yes, I am. Okay. So a bigger problem to all of us on city water is not so much the cost of our water, but the cost of our sewage fee. That's right. Because exactly. the sewer fee, and I don't think a lot of folks, you recognize this, but I don't think a lot of folks recognize that the sewer portion of your domestic water bill is higher per gallon of flow than our water cost happens to be. That's correct, yes. And so it's not just about consuming five gallons every time you flush, but it's also about the five gallons going out and you're being double billed or maybe more than double billed. So I'm glad that you're paying attention to this. Try these devices. You'll find that they're all fairly inexpensive, and hopefully one will work for you, and you can move forward and save some money every month. Well, Ken, just let me mention one more thing. I did already do the brick, and I already did the... um, a container of water in the tank. I did that too. And that seems to um, have a negative effect on an actual flush. So then it seems like I have to flush it a second time at some time. Well, I, I didn't so. go there, but I should have because you're right. It changes. These toilets are actually engineered, and a lot of us wouldn't think that. They're engineered for water flow based on the size of the bowl, the tank, mm-hmm. the water mm-hmm. distribution within that. And any time we violate that engineering, it's not going to work as efficiently right. as it possibly could have. So okay. with, with that said, I will tell you there's also another item you may want to look at. I think they cost around <laughs> 50, around $50. Okay. And uh, it's it's called a two-flush kit. It's a retro kit for standard toilets. And okay. it has to do with whether you're just flushing uh, liquid or whether you're flushing solids. Okay. 
Again, these will fit the vast majority of toilets in the marketplaces. There are a couple of uh, brands that are out there in the world today, but one that's had some success is referred to as Two Flush. In fact, I think you can go on the computer probably and find it as uh, twoflush.com. Okay. And you'll find some decent reviews on that. But this is quite common in Europe uh, to see this, and just where they're very conservative on energy, on water, on everything. But you may want to try that. Sounds like the way I should go, probably. Give it a shot. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for listening, and we appreciate your call. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Maureen. We appreciate you listening to Ken the Contractor on WEEU in Reading. Our phone lines are open at 800-614-2975. I want to quickly touch on one thing, and, and folks get a little bit squeamish sometimes when you bring these issues up, uh, but today's toilets, are people still going to Canada to buy their toilets, that was a, that was a fad uh, months or years ago. Simply because the water flow or the amount of water was restricted, that people said it wasn't doing the job. Well, what we just discussed with Maureen is a fact that when you alter the engineering, the systems don't work as they were designed, and so you may end up flushing twice when you were trying to save a gallon of water because it just doesn't cycle properly. I can't tell you whether they're still going to Canada or not. I don't know, really know where the Canadians are with water conservation. I do know that they're quite conservative in many other areas. It wouldn't surprise me if they have not changed their ordinances and codes. But as I said, for those of you that are homeowners, these older devices, you could move around, you can buy, sell, swap. But most people that hold a license in the majority of the states, you are violating actually a building code or an ordinance, and your contractor, your plumbing contractor, they could, in some states, lose their license for putting these things in. So if they refuse to do it, you'll understand why. Maybe something you have to do on your own. Who would have ever thought we'd come to a black market for toilets? I think there's a black market for everything, probably including <laughs> toilet seats. You know, there's probably that Elvis seat out there somewhere on I, the black market. I, you know, they taught me in famous <laughs> it's, it's broadcaster the, school, there's a certain point when you know you want to move on. I think we need to move on with this one. And take a commercial break. And we'll do that right now. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. You can reach him at 800-614-2975 on the web at KenTheContractor.com. Friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, can help. You can reach Ken the Contractor at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can go online and email him at kenthecontractor.com. Uh, we've got our green building segment coming up in just a moment. And Ken's going to tell you about something that could help make your house cooler this summer. But first, Susanna is going to join us uh, right now. Hi, Susanna. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Okay, hi. How Hello. are you? Good. Thanks for calling. Thank you for taking my call. Listen, we put an addition onto our house about three years ago, and it consisted of a master bedroom and master bathroom. Uh, recently, I would say within the last five or six months, in one of the, the double sinks, uh, the faucet, when we turn on the cold water faucet, we were getting, I call it a sulfur smell, in the water. And now, about a week ago, it started, we started to get that same smell from our shower. Do you have any idea what could be causing this? All right. Is the odor coming directly from the shower or the sink, or are you actually picking up on it in the area? I no. mean, are you getting it right out of the water proper? Yes. And it's only from that, that particular area. The rest of the house is fine. And you're not getting it on the hot water side? No. Because I've experienced this issue on hot water where there are problems within tanks, but it's only on the cold water side. Mm-hmm. 
To the best of my knowledge, yes. Okay. Well, I would have to admit that on the cold water side, I don't know that I have an answer to that. If The reason I ask you if you're positive that it's the water proper and not just when you turn the water on, because that water is going down a drain, and what will happen if you've got a drain that has run dry in that bathroom, whether it's a floor drain or an adjoining sink, uh, that's not a trap that's not used very often. When you turn water on one sink and it goes down the drain, it forces pressure back through the waistline. And if a trap is dry, it'll back sewer gas up, which will smell like that. Uh, could it be related? We have on that same area a washing machine. Could be. Do you use that frequently? Mm, once every three or four days, maybe. Yeah, that's probably often enough. If there was there a trap put in that line for the washing machine, though, or did the plumber just put a straight drop in that? Um, that I'm not sure, but I'm going to say he just put a straight drop. Okay, there really should be a trap on that, and that could be your cause. What I would suggest again, because I don't have an answer for you, only on the cold water side of this, mm-hmm. and only at those two locations. I would really be stumped on that. There might be someone out there that could help me in that regard, but. When you turn the water on, go over where the the drain line is for the washing machine and see if you notice an odor coming back out of that and see if that could be it. Because the odor you describe is what we would detect with sewer gas coming up from a dried-up waistline. Okay. And you're saying, why would it only happen when I turn the water on? But for the reasons I said is you're forcing pressure from another line in there, and that sewer gas has to go somewhere. Okay. So it's nothing with the water. There's nothing that I know of in, in my experience it would be with the water, especially when you're isolating that to just two faucets. If it were in the water, it would be consistent in mm-hmm. the entire home, in my experience. Right. But if you're concerned about it, I would also run some samples and take it down and have it tested by uh, one of your local uh, uh, companies, either an independent lab or from people that do testing for water softeners. Okay, so this generally runs, this kind of thing only happens with the hot water I have had issues with it happen with the hot water where there are there could be, for lack of a nicer term, just growth or whatever in the water heater. There are issues that can develop inside there that can create sort of a rotten egg uh, odor from time to time. But what you're describing coming off the cold water tells me that anytime you're running water in that drain, that it sounds like it's coming up through a waistline somewhere. So that's really what I think you should check first. Susanna, thank you. Good luck with that. We appreciate it. In our green building segment this week, everybody wants to keep their house cooler this summer. You've got something that might do that. Well, I do. This happens to be really a product for those of you putting on additions or building new, but there are similar retrofit products. This is a radiant barrier foil panel. This is produced by Timber Products Company, and it blocks 97% of radiant heat from your attic space. Now, essentially, it's the traditional plywood that we put on our roof before we put our shingles or our roof materials down, but it has a radiant or foil barrier on the outside, so it's actually reflecting this radiant heat, preventing it from getting into your attic space. So if you're thinking about putting on an addition or building new, you want to take a look at this. This made the top 50 list last year on built from Builders Magazines and Surveyors, our survey from National Builders, as products in highest demand. So it's quite effective. I want you to think about spending the extra dollars on that. And for those of you saying, Ken, that's great, I've got an existing roof and I'm not putting new plywood down, there are radiant barriers also that are made to go on the bottom side of the top cord of your trusses that will have a very similar effect. Save some operating costs. Find out more by going to the Timber Products website. All right, uh, let's go back to the phones. Ronnie right now wants to continue talking toilets. Hey, Ronnie, you're on the air with Ken the Contractor. 
Yes, sir. Uh, speaking of the Fluidmaster adjustable flapper, uh, I went to that in my tank, and I had a very, very hard time to get it to be repeatable, which I called Fluidmaster, and they said it was to be used in the newer type tanks. Yes, it can be used in the larger tank, but it's hard to get it to be repeatable. Well, I'm glad you called about that because, as I said a, a moment ago, these things will not work in all of these old toilets, even these uh, the displacement dams that I talked about. There were so many styles. You go back so many decades that it's hard to take something today that's going to fit the, the, really the guts, the working mechanism of all those and have it work properly. These are just solutions that have worked in some cases, and you're finding in yours with the older style toilet that even with the uh, the adjustable flapper, you had some issues. They should have put that notation on the box or something. Well, I'm glad you offered that warning, and it's, it is something for all of us when you're dealing with anything that's old. It may be an old electrical panel, anything else. We've always got to be aware that today's items don't work in every case, even though they might be designed to help us. Thank you. Ronnie, thank you. We do appreciate that. I want to get uh, George in with us right now. George, you're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Go right ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, ben, we're talking about uh, the most exciting room in a, in a person's house here. I have never heard so many names used uh, for a bathroom or a loo or a water <laughs> closet. or uh, I mean, everywhere else, the kitchen is the kitchen, but the bathroom has many names. Yes, it does. Uh, when I was in the service, our sergeant always told us, he says, if it doesn't flush, there's a little muck there in the corner, and that will take care of it. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to put anything in the tank. You, need, you don't need to do anything else. If it doesn't work, you take the little blue bucket, you put water in it, you pour it in, and the job is done. Well, well, remember this. Sometimes low-tech is the best tech. There you go. And the bucket doesn't cost that much. You know what I mean? Have a nice day. Thank Thank you, George. Appreciate that. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us, 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And do want to take a moment. Uh, once a week, we try to remind folks that if you've got any type of project and you're looking to find products for home improvements or to deal with issues, to look for products that are made here in America. We do indeed, and I'll tell you, we've made it our policy to try and buy as many American-made products as possible, and many other contractors and subcontractors that I know as well are encouraging others to do the same thing, because after all, folks, we're looking out for American jobs, and if we can spend a dollar in our backyard, that dollar has a tendency to stay there. It goes back into our local factories. It puts people back to work, and you know what? From a builder's standpoint, eventually that dollar comes back to us because they're building houses, remodeling, and putting on additions. So for all of us, let's think American. Let's buy American products. Let's do our part. And most, for the most part, you'll find these today identified with American flag when you walk into any of the stores on the boxes. That's right. And that dollar, as Ken mentioned, ripples its way through not only the local economy, but also through the national economy. If you'd like to join us on the program, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can email your questions to Ken online at KenTheContractor.com. Again, our number, 800-614-2975. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Do you have questions about your home, inside or out? KenTheContractor.com is all you need to know. I'm Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. Visit KenTheContractor.com for answers to plumbing, fencing, electrical, roofing, painting, heating, fireplaces, decks, and much more. Submit your questions or call anytime. Remember, KenTheContractor.com, where folks come for professional answers.
Welcome back. This is Ken the Contractor. Ken the Contractor is here to help you with your home improvement projects or just simply dealing with those nagging issues around the house. You can join us at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. We're going to talk generators with George here in just a moment uh, with one of our phone lines. And also we've got an email from uh, Lawrence in Alabama that Ken's going to get to. But we do want to get to our app of the week. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the hour, if you're getting ready to do some major flooring in your house, you want to take a look at this app of the week and probably use it. This is a free app for those of you both with uh, Android-based phones as well as uh, Apple-based. Uh, you, you also you, you can use this not just for one room. That's one of the features I like about it. Professionals use it. It's actually called the uh, Flooring Calculator Pro. Flooring Calculator Pro, you're going to find that at your app store or flooringcalc.com. Now, what this does, it helps you calculate not only quantities, square yardage, square footage, but also trim, whether it's wood-based, vinyl-based, it has to go in a particular room. It will handle up to 10 rooms in the overall calculations and storage. It will handle different types of materials. If you've got hardwood in one room, carpet in another, and ultimately, when you continue building this file, it will give you the information in terms of a budget number. You can determine the cost if you're working on a budget, saying I want to spend $22 a yard for carpet, I want to spend $5 a square foot for hardwood, whatever it is. You can set your own variables or you can use number numbers that this particular app comes with. Very useful for those of you that are looking to budget home remodeling or new home construction or even to look at variables as you go from one market provider to another. Just change those numbers and see where you where you wind up. So, again, that is Flooring Calculator Pro, and you'll find that posted to our website, KenTheContractor.com. All right, very good. Uh, let's get this email in from Lawrence down in Alabama, Ken, and he's got a question about some small holes that they found in their home. It says, my wife and I are purchasing our first home. It's an older home that appears to be in good shape. We're purchasing it from an estate as the recent owner of 35 years has passed away. So there's no one to tell us about issues with the home if they exist. I've noticed many small holes that look like they were drilled and caulked around the exterior block foundation and in some places in the concrete floors and patios. What are these and do I need to be concerned? Lawrence, first I'd say I don't think you need to be concerned. I'm going to give you some follow-up advice here, but chances are very good that that means that the house has been treated for termites at some point. There may have been a time that there was a termite infestation. This is typical, especially in termite country along the Atlantic coast, the south coast, other uh, environments where termites can thrive, that they will drill holes in the block. The termite companies will spray within the block to to kill the termite infestation and also underneath the floor slab. So I believe that's exactly what you're describing to me. What I would suggest you do, since you have noticed this, and in buying this home, if you haven't closed on it, be sure you've got a termite inspection from a locally licensed contractor uh, that can give you a full report and be sure you have no active termite issues there. The other thing I want to caution you and everybody else about buying a home, especially an older home, get out there and hire yourself a home inspector that will be your eyes and ears. They're a pro. They're going to look for things like this, but they're also going to look for other items. It could be electrical, plumbing, air conditioning issues, or roof problems that you're just not trained to see. And be sure you're not buying a problem. Very good. Let's get back to our phone lines. And George joins us right now. George, you're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Yeah, George. Uh, I mean, uh, Ken. Hi, George. How can we help you today? Okay. I'm considering putting a generator on my house. Okay. I'm wondering where I should start. All right. First, uh, I would assess my own needs. Are you thinking about a whole house generator, or are there just specific areas like your refrigerator or freezer that you would want to power in the event of a power outage? 
Well, I was thinking about my uh, my heat system and my sump pump and my freezer. Okay, so you've got some critical items, but not necessarily your entire home. You're, you may not want to spend the kind of money to do your entire house. So here are some options, and I'll build up on this just briefly. For you and others, it's saying in an emergency situation, I want to be able to get my microwave to work because we can live off cooking all kinds of food in the microwave. I want to be able to have my refrigerator, my freezer stay and running and preserve the food that's there. Um, I want to set that aside even from heat for just a moment. Those are very, very low power demands in terms of generators. This is where you can look at a small, it may be a 3,500-watt, 5,000-watt portable generator Tie, properly tied back into the electrical panel with a manual transfer switch will do the job for you. In that case, you might be spending $1,500, uh, $1,800, $2,000, depending on the gen set and the manual panel uh, with it installed. If you want to go beyond that, now you want to power, let's say, a heat pump. And is that your source, a heat pump? Yes. Okay. That heat pump, you're going to have to provide power for the highest energy user on that, and that's going to be the auxiliary backup strip. And to, in order for that to work properly. So that might take 60 amps, for example, maybe just as low as 40 amps, but probably 60 overall to have the compressor and, the, and or the auxiliary strip to run. You're moving into a bigger generator, so it's going to drive your cost. Your transfer switch may be the same, but your generator is going to have to be larger, and it will consume more fuel. If you're looking for something that's fully automated, a whole house generator, a number of companies from Cummins, Onan, Kohler, there's so many brands out there in the marketplace today, Generec and others, uh, as well as GE, are making special gen sets for homeowner use that have become very affordable, but they're still pricey. You may be spending three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000, depending on what you're trying to power. And they have, in some cases, their own transfer switch where they're wired into your panels, and uh, it, it keeps line voltage from coming back while you're running the generator because you only want one power supply. You don't. You never want both. So I think first, to go to your question, you need to address your own needs and then look at a budget and what am I willing to spend because for a few hundred dollars, certainly less than 2000 maybe less than 1500 you can deal with those, those basics, but you're not going to get your heat load brought into that. You're going to have to step up to a bigger gen set. Yeah, my heat's what I'm concerned about because of freezing the pipes. Yeah, so that's, I think you're going to have to go to a larger unit. The other thing you can do, depending on your power company, a lot of power companies today are selling and or leasing generate, backup generators for homes, and I would consider them a very valid source also. So, uh, depending on where you live, contact your local power company and see if that's one of the programs they offer. You may find it very affordable. They do all the work. All right, now what stores will I start if they don't do it? Well, if, if they don't, you're going to find most of the big box stores will sell these home generator supplies, including the whole house units. You'll find Generac and some others in a lot of the large big box stores and some of your local hardware stores. All right, is Generac a, a good one? Generac is a, is a fine. It's made specifically for home use. Cummins Onand is another one that produces products for home uses. GE is a great one for home use generators. And I think one thing you'll find, George, these have become so uh, increased so dramatically in popularity that you're even going to find local folks who this is all they do. They specialize in these different size generators that Ken was talking about and the transfer switches and other things. In, in many cases, it's total turnkey. They'll come in size depending on, on what you want and then go ahead and, and bring it in and also install it all in one. So I'd, I'd check, uh, check, uh, online and also check with some folks in the area because I do know these are becoming more and more popular throughout our listing area. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, that'll give you a starting spot, and I'm glad you're thinking yeah. about it. I happen to have a whole house generator, and I'll tell you, as I've told Jim, it's surprising how many times that kicks on that we use it when there's power outage from accidents in the area, storms occasionally. And I do have a company in my region that services that for me uh, as well. It, is yours uh, is fueled by gas? It's fueled by LP because I have some fireplaces that are LP fired in oh. the home, so I fuel it with LP also. George, thank you. Good luck with the project. We appreciate your call. Don't forget, you can always reach Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, at 800-614-2975 or kenthecontractor.com. That'll wrap up this hour of Ken the Contractor. I'm Jim Britt for Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, and thanks for joining us this weekend. We'll look forward to talking with you next time. Right here, you're listening to Ken the Contractor. Energy-saving home improvements could mean year-round savings for you. A home equity line of credit from Stellar One Bank gives you ready access to cash at historically low rates. And you can have many reasons to use it in the months ahead. Fix up, build on, refresh, update. Use your Stellar One Bank home equity line of credit however you wish. Call, click, or stop by StellarOne.com. Stellar One Bank. Excellence. Partnership. Service. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Do you have questions about your home, inside or out? KenTheContractor.com is all you need to know. I'm Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. Visit KenTheContractor.com for answers to plumbing, fencing, electrical, roofing, painting, heating, fireplaces, decks, and much more. Submit your questions or call anytime. Remember, KenTheContractor.com, where folks come for professional answers. Do you have a son or daughter attending James Madison University? My son is, and that's why we leased a furnished student apartment at the area's premier location, 865 East. Seven stories of concrete and steel, fire sprinklers, camera-monitored common areas, controlled access into the building and apartments, high-speed elevators and amenities, assigned parking, game room, indoor bike storage, exercise room, computer lab, on-site restaurants, and much, much more. Check them out at 865East.com. For more information, go to 865East. 65East.com. You've been listening to Ken the Contractor. Every weekend at this time, Ken the Contractor, Ken Patterson is here taking your calls. Don't forget, you can friend Ken on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and follow him on Twitter at Ken Answers. And if you're looking for home improvement information at any time, go to KenTheContractor.com. 